to me. I think it's just keeping me closer to the Lord. Because I know He's here with me, help me do these things. We come to worship the Lord and hear His Word, and it lifts us up for another week. But we don't rest in between. Pray for His guidance and protection. Without Him, we're nothing. And it took me a long time to figure that out. I learned a lot of things in 80, 80 some years. Yeah, even the young kids, they want to learn something. This old man will show them a lot of things. Just warms my heart to see a man honor God with the gifts he's given him. If uh, you ever want a good afternoon or a good morning, stop by over at Ted and Virginia's house over on Judson Avenue and uh, ask for the tour because that shop has more stuff in it than you've ever seen in your life. And then if you go in the house, man, more stuff in there. God has gifted Ted not only with ability to serve him with his hands, but also serve him with his heart. And he truly worships God with what he does. I uh, beg your indulgence and ask you to pray for me. Um, I have been battling a really bad case of the flu. Um, there is a bucket handy. I'm not going to tell you where, and hopefully you don't find out where. Uh, but um, I, uh, I wanted to share this with you. And um, Will and I decided just it would be best to tag team this morning's service. So we're trying to do the best that I can, and I pray that God gives me the strength to be able to walk through this morning's message. To that end, uh, let's pray together. We praise you, O God, for giving us hands and feet, talents, abilities, gifts, We praise you because you have made us, every part of us, to worship you. We pray, O God, that as we hear Ted's story and as we are reminded in your word that you have created us to worship, may it transform us. May the truth of your word transform us. Help us understand more how you have made us to praise you with the things you have given to us. Father, equip us to that end. I pray for strength for myself to be able to get through this morning and um, to share the truth that I believe you've given to me. And Father, speak to our hearts and our minds that we may honor you with how we receive um, your lamp and your light to our feet today. We pray these things in Christ. Amen. From the book of Revelation, I encourage you to turn to chapter 7. We're going to read um, beginning at verse 9, but again, I encourage you to keep your scriptures open. There's a, uh, at least one other place in the text that I'd like to go to with you this morning uh, very quickly. Revelation chapter 7, beginning at verse 9. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, 
standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, We walk through life and we go through life and have different moments where um, we can feel lost or we can feel like um, we're troubled or discouraged. And there can even be moments in our lives when we feel like we've lost everything or lost so much, it's like, it's like there's nothing left. But I think it's important for us to understand, no matter what our circumstances are, and no matter how we come into this place this morning, that we never have nothing. You and I always have something. And until we breathe our last breath, God gives us something, or we, we just have it. Even, even the people in the, the loneliest of spots, even in the people, the people in the most troubling of places, war zones, places of severe poverty and famine, and, and even, even the worst of the worst places, we have something. Either we have a mind that can still think, or we have enough, uh, we have health, or we have breath, or we have... We, there's just always something. And for us, if, if we get into those moments or those places where we think to ourselves, all is lost, all is lost, or we're so discouraged that it seems that way, for us to be reminded of that, God has given all of creation something at every point. Today we look out, and even in, if this were the worst of days for you, you can see the sunshine and the beautiful weather of this November day. Or we can enjoy a, a glass of water or anything. We always have something, all of us. And when we think about worship, for us to have that mindset as well, that you and I always have something to bring to worship. Oh, you may not be able to play the piano like Beth or, or sing like our singers up here or maybe you don't have the gift of, of preaching. Maybe you don't have the gift of teaching. Maybe you, 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 you can't dance like we had last Sunday and certainly I know some of you can't dance. But whatever, whenever you come into this place, you bring something to worship God with. And when we get to this picture of Revelation, we see that probably to the nth degree shown to us in the worship around the throne. That not only do the worshipers of God who come before his throne and at the beginning of eternity and worship him, not only do they give him everything, but God gives them even more to worship him 
with. You'll notice, and maybe you just quickly skipped over it. We often can. can they, they have palm branches in their hands. And I don't know about you, but I ask the question in, when I read texts like this, where did they get them? Where did they get the palm branches? Does that mean when they walked in the door of heaven that there was a whole bunch of palm trees? Or maybe there were people handing them out? Well, where did they get those? God is the God of creation, and he can do anything and everything, and perhaps they could suddenly appear. But I don't think that God is a God like that, that he just sort of is the Harry Potter and waves his magic wand, and all of a sudden something appears. I think that, God, that God's ability and God's, God's creation is, is for him to say, here's a palm tree that I I've created, that I've made, and it grows, and it gives you, when you walk in the doors of my presence, something to worship me with. So God doesn't just equip these worshipers with the voices that he gave them on earth, with the abilities in their bodies and their minds on earth, but he gives them even more in his presence for eternity. And I want you to just imagine for a moment what this might look like. Imagine Millions upon millions of lovers of God, lovers of Jesus, standing in his presence and singing with one voice, salvation belongs to our God and to the Lamb who was slain. Millions. Maybe you've been like me in a, in a stadium, a Promise Keepers was the place where you... Hear 50,000 men singing, and how powerful that is. Multiply that an infinite number of times. What a beautiful image we have of worship. But it's not only that they're worshiping God with one voice, they're worshiping God with everything they got. Imagine what that looks like. I mean, before the service, uh, I was actually back in the cry room just sort of resting and trying to keep my energy. And, and I can look out and I can see you worship and I can see you when I'm standing up here and there's people mouthing the words. Let's be honest. Or there's people not even moving their lips in worship. And that's, that's okay. I'm not sitting here in judgment. But when we come into this picture, we see people worshiping with everything. What does it look like to have everyone in this place sing in full volume with all the energy they got? That's the image that we get here. And not only this, but the worshipers in heaven don't have to start over again developing maturity in how they understand and worship God. They come into his presence and are perfected in what they already bring. Now, here's something I want you to think about. You don't walk into heaven and with the new bodies start over as a baby. You go in with the minds that God has given you and the thoughts that God has given you and the gifts and abilities that you've already developed on this planet. And so you walk into his presence the same but perfected, I believe. New bodies, but perfected. And you bring with you the things that God has already given you. So, in essence, 
what we do is we enter into heaven, and it's not a graduation from developing. It's just another step in our development. We've already come to a certain point in who we are developing the God's gifts that God has give, given us, and we step into his presence having brought those gifts and abilities and then continue for eternity developing them. This is another gift that God gives to us. They come into God's presence and are equipped with even more to glorify him. The palm branches. He gives them these things that equip them for worshiping him. And when they do, they do it with everything. They do it with all they are. They do it with every breath, every fiber of their being, every ability that they have. And I do want us to go to that place of asking questions for ourselves this morning. Do you worship God with everything he's given you? Every ability, every molecule, every fiber of your being Have you ever been in that place where you've asked the question, how do I worship God with my money? How do I worship God with my ability to sow, with the words that I write, with the pictures that I take, with the things that I can make with my hands? We were reminded in Ted's video, making a chair or remaking a chair from Missouri, making it good again. That's an ability that God has given to Ted, and he worships him with it. Do you see all the things that God has given you? Your ability to administrate, your ability to be a business person, your ability to be in medicine, or whatever it is. Do you see that? Do I see everything that God has given me as in a place for me to worship him? We should be a little bit convicted because I think there are places and rooms and spaces in our lives where we do not see it as worship. You know, I make fun of Bill <clears throat> Beerling fairly regularly in church for his Kuyperian views, Kuyper being the one who said that all of creation is a place where God is glorified. Every space, every square inch is the Kuiper word. But I think for us to see that this morning, I think it's a wonderful thought. It's an appropriate thought because we should be convicted. Every space, every square inch of our lives. And where is it that we haven't seen it that way? Your beauty is a place for you to glorify God with. Your sexuality everything. Oftentimes, we're fearful of thinking some of those thoughts because then we have to ask the question, how do I need to change these things to make them more about worship? We can see our time here on earth as an opportunity to develop those things that God has given us to worship him. See, God has not just put us on creation simply to exist 
God has put us on creation, made us who we are with the gifts and abilities to develop them. You know, he uses the word flourish in them with the purpose of being able to worship him better. So as you continue to learn and grow in the gifts that God has given you, you are learning better how to worship him. Thus, complacency, I believe, in anything that God has given us, is a sin. I think that complacency and saying, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to seek to grow or mature. I'm not going to practice anymore. You know, I, I think about that for my kids sometimes. My kids have had musical ability I think of Katie right now. Katie has been a wonderful oboist. She, was a, she played her freshman and sophomore year when we moved here because there wasn't an opportunity for her to play. She, she sort of uh, left it by the wayside and, and she hasn't come back to it. And to me, that just is one of those things where I want to say, continue to develop that gift so that you can worship God more. So that you can learn to, 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 to grow and how he's given you that ability to praise him. We can ask that question for all of ourselves. How many of those things that we know God gave us as a gift, for whatever reason, were too busy? You know, it, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't something that, that we had time for anymore. Have we left by the wayside? We've left our opportunity to worship God in those things. You know, in some ways, I want to say that there should be many of you who have the ability to sing and play instruments or lead different people in, in, in uh, Bible studies or lead young people or teach in Sunday, or Sunday children's worship stuff. You have those abilities. I want to say that our folks should just be overwhelmed because you want to develop them to worship God. I want to develop them to worship God more. And when we move into faith complacency, we lose the momentum of worship with our lives. I've talked to many people over the years and, and about, you know, like... Uh, their place on earth and how God has made them to be and the gifts that God has given them and, and different stuff like that. And there's been one phrase that I've heard that I, I just I, I want to I get out of people's vocabulary sometimes. And that is when I talk, and, and, and sometimes it's, it's people in pain or in struggle and, and they're really burdened by something and, and they're just they're ready for Jesus to come back. And they're ready for him to come back right now. Because then everything's over. And I understand that, and, and, and I, I, I even agree with that in some cases, and, and sometimes I even say that to myself when I see the pain of this world and the struggle that so many people have. Come, Jesus, come quickly so that this can be all over. But there's a part of me that says, wait, hold on. Not that I'm... I'm I, I think it's wrong for us to, to anticipate and look forward to Jesus coming back. I mean, I do. But when Jesus comes back, I don't have the ability to develop these gifts any more than what I've already, been, what I've already done. I've, I want to do more. I want to write more. I want to learn more. 
I want to see more of God's creation. I want to continue to be a part of this act of worship that God has given me every day. I don't want to, I don't want that to end quite yet. Well, yeah, I do, because I want Jesus to come back, but when that com- when he comes back, it will be it will be sort of the automatic, right? It'll be so so much easier, I think. We're going to be in the presence of the living God. I want to do some of that. Just I want to learn on my own with God's abilities, with God's gifts, with God's presence and God's blessing, but I I, I don't want to miss my opportunity to learn to worship him better. So if you are in that place of saying, "Okay, I'm done." I'm not going to work hard anymore at everything. I'm just going to wait for Jesus to come back. I'm tired. I'm going to wait for Jesus to come back. I want to challenge you. Hold on. God has given you things that you can glorify him with. Learn more. Practice more. Be challenged more. Challenge yourself through the power of God's presence in your life so that you and I can learn to worship Jesus more fully with everything that we have been given. See, I think when we get to heaven, yeah, there will be singing and there will be sanctuary type stuff like we do here on Sunday mornings. Absolutely. But I think that we learn from the text that there will be much more. Here's where I want you to go. I want you to look at verse 15. If you have your Bibles open, look at verse 15. Because it says this, and again, if you go quickly, you're going to miss it. Therefore, and he's talking about the elders who are around the throne. They are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. They serve him. Does serving God simply mean eternal singing? I don't think so. I think that maybe, now you don't need to eat in heaven, I don't think, but maybe maybe there's other things that need to be done. Because if they're servants, then they're what? Working somehow to glorify God, to develop the presence of God. And whatever needs need to be met, they're serving Him. Oh, yeah, maybe that means that they will be singing, but I think it might also mean that they might be working on chairs. Or they might be writing down things that they're learning or poems that they think of or learning new songs so there is new things for them to do or whatever it is. See, it seems to be saying that there's more going on than mass choir concert rehearsal every single moment. There's other stuff happening. Perhaps there's a carpentry shop in heaven. And I hope when you get there, Ted, that you can walk easily and move around as fast as you want and we don't have to worry about you falling anymore. I hope so. And that you can learn to be even a better carpenter than you already are. And that there will be 
places, maybe where, I don't know, maybe, maybe for crocheting and needlework. And you'll be able to breathe with full breath and do it as long as you want, worshiping God. And those things that you will make will be beautiful. And God will look at them and say, to my glory, well done, good and faithful servant. What is it that God even is preparing you here for? I think that Jim and Bill will be able to do things on the guitar that they've never heard before. God be praised for that. And there will be things that continue to amaze us that we learn. We will be learning in heaven. You and I won't come into the presence of God and simply stay the way that we are for eternity, we have the opportunity to develop more and more and more of who he has made us to be. See, that whole science thing, and I don't know how true it is, that you and I only use, what, 5-10% of our brain capacity? I don't even remember what the numbers, and they keep making them up any, anyway. But whatever the capacity of our brains are, I think when we get to heaven, there are parts of our minds that will continue to learn and grow. And over the time of eternity, maybe we'll see that percentage continue to go up. And so a billion, million years from now, we might be at, well, maybe I'll be at 50% capacity. That'd be awesome. Because I don't even know what's possible with 50% of my brain. And I look forward to that. But why should we wait for Jesus to come again to start that? We have the opportunity here. You and I have the challenge of God with the gifts he's given us in Jesus Christ to develop our gifts and abilities to worship him now. Perhaps you will be fill-in-a-blank in heaven. Perhaps you'll be a poet. Perhaps you will be a dancer. I hope so. I hope that we all learn to dance. Perhaps you will become, I don't know, take your pick. Perhaps you become an animal trainer because there's animals in heaven. And I would think if they're perfected, they would be easily trained, but you'll learn how to do it. Perhaps, who knows? Maybe we'll all learn to crochet and love it. I don't know. I can't tell you what exactly is going to happen. But because I understand God as a creative God, why? Because he has made each of us unique with different gifts and abilities, and each of those gifts and abilities show a different part, more beautiful part, more full part of creation. I believe that when we get into his presence and we worship him for all eternity that we will be doing so, developing even more of those gifts and abilities. Let's not wait. Let's not sit back and say, well, when I get into heaven, then I'm really going to learn how to do these things that I know I can learn to do now. 
or I can develop this gift that he's given me because he's given all of you gifts. We see that in you. I see that in you. And many of you, you are exercising them and learning how to use them. But don't wait for the future kingdom because right now is kingdom. We are enacting the kingdom of God in how we live here. And as you and I develop the gifts that he has given us, his kingdom grows. When you and I have the attitude of worship with all of our lives, with that every fiber of our being Everything we do grows the kingdom of God. See, going back to my kids, one of the most beautiful things that I see with my kids is as they grow and mature and we see the abilities that God has given them and they develop them, I just want to say, praise God, because that's exactly what they're doing. Young people, folks who are in your teens or or middle school or whatever, you all have gifts. Develop them in order to worship God. We are anticipating the perfection of the future kingdom. Absolutely. But we're in God's kingdom right now. See, in some ways, we're already in God's throne room. You are already in God's presence. Do you know that? Do you know that? Oh, you can't see it the way we'll see it then. Where You don't have the angels, at least that you and I can see. We don't see the elders. But where two or three are gathered in his name, there I will be, right? So we know God's presence is here. Do we understand that? Yeah, okay. How many of you know Jesus Christ? Well, if you know Jesus Christ, then what do you got with you? The Holy Spirit. So if you've got the Holy Spirit with you, are you in the throne room of God? Right now. Right now, you are already in God's presence. So for you and I to become people who with our lives proclaim salvation belongs to our God. And to the Lamb who is slain, to Him be all glory and honor and wisdom and power forever and ever with every fiber of your being. He has given you and I Jesus Christ. He has given you and I salvation so that we can know someday exactly what this picture looks like. God be praised and he, not, he has equipped you even now with your life to become in all things a worshiper of him who says that with your life, salvation to you, O oh God, because of what you've done for me in Jesus Christ. We're in God's throne room right now. The second. And you and I worship him with everything that we do. If you come into my office right now, well, you don't want to come into my office right now because I'm afraid I'll barf on you, but you don't, you come into my office, you come and visit with me, it's a good chance right now that there'll be music on in my office. I've gotten into this little music kick. I turn on Pandora and have it in the background of my computer, and it's not loud. It's just something sort of that I keep in the background, and uh, 
for whatever reason, Nick got me on the kick of listening to the Lord of the Rings channel. If you ever listen to the Lord of the Rings channel on Pandora, Nick does things like that to you sometimes, and you just got to live with it. But I enjoy it, and it's nice, and it sort of gives me a nice little rhythm to my day and to my work. And I was thinking about that this week when I was writing this message, because as I'm writing this message, I have my yellow pad, and that's where I write my messages, and it's all down on there, and the whole time Pandora's playing in the background. And I want to say to all of us that for us to live in the mode of worshiping God with all we do is like having Pandora on in the background. That as you go through your work day, and you're making deals in your business, or you're fixing things in your repair shop, or as you're making sales calls, or as you're writing sermons, or whatever it is that you do, that in the background there is a refrain. Salvation belongs to our God, to the Lamb who was slain. To Him be wisdom and power and glory forever and ever and ever that that's our Pandora with our lives. As you go and arrest people, salvation belongs to our God. As you fix my carburetor, salvation belongs to our God. As you make another paint deal, salvation belongs to our God. As you move another train engine, salvation belongs to our God in all we do. And then when we come here, We just sing it a little louder. Let's pray. Praise you, O God, for giving us gifts and abilities and talents. You have equipped us in ways that we are still even yet to discover. I pray, O God, that with our lives we may say thank you for Jesus. With our lives, we may live with the background of salvation to you, O God. We give you praise, O God. We worship you, O God, with these gifts and abilities that you have given to us. You are God, and we want to learn more about what it means to worship you. There is no square inch of our lives that is not under your kingship. May we understand that as we serve you, live for you, learn more about you, develop and mature in what it means to be the people that you've made us to be, that our lives more fully engage us in worshiping you. Equip us to that end through the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray these things in Jesus. Amen.